Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. It's our weekly Gentleman's Hour today on Trending, diving into topics relating to the culture men face today. We're going to talk about challenges facing young men, the five Tampa Bay Rays, players who refuse to wear Pride Month jerseys. We'll talk about the attempted assassination of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. That's the Supreme Court of the United States. A man was apprehended at 1 a.m. this morning in the neighborhood of Justice Kavanaugh's home. In fact, a cab dropped the sky off right in front of Justice Kavanaugh's home, but when he saw all of the marshals out in front of the justice's home, he meandered his way down the street to which he then called 911 and was saying that he was attempting to kill Justice Kavanaugh and was also feeling suicidal. We'll give you a little bit more information on that. Uh, One of the topics that is stirring and justifiably so in the heartbreak of the loss of many many lives, especially children, is the Uvalde, Texas shooting along with others. And many people are calling for gun control. Some people are upset and frustrated over the delayed police response and that the police are being told to stand down there in Texas, therefore allowing more of the death and destruction that occurred to happen. So joining me in just a little bit will be Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He's a top law enforcement trainer in the nation. He's written a number of books. One of which actually is called Assassination Generation, addressing specifically the issue of these school shootings. And we're going to talk about why the police didn't intervene sooner, trying to make sense of what happened and how that doesn't have to do with gun control. We'll we'll tie that all together in and of itself. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. We're also in the midst of our series on the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. And today we are going to walk through that fruit of patience, one of which I think many of us would benefit from, especially with everything that's going on in the world. Joining me now during our weekly Gentleman Hour is Hugh Brown. He's the Vice President of American Life League. He's also had quite the professional background, including in sports. He's a football coach, and he's here to talk with us today about the challenges that young men are facing. Hugh Brown, welcome to Trending. All right, Timory, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We were discussing what you would like to cover today, and you mentioned these challenges young men are facing. I know you work with mentoring and coaching young men in the area of football, and I'm curious to hear what you see are some of the leading challenges that our boys are going through as they especially transition from adolescence into adulthood and are navigating so much of what we're facing in this culture today. 
Well, that's a great question. And I, I think, you know, one of the things we talked about uh, last week when this horrible shooting happened uh, in, in Texas is first, you know, praying for those families, the families of those affected. We, we, we prayed as a team. We, we, we train during the, the summer four days a week. Occasionally we do things on the weekends at colleges. Um, but as you just mentioned, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, I think it's important that we pray. I think it's important we pray for those families because God knows, you know, what they're going through. And I also think that it's important as coaches, regardless of the sport that you're in, that you understand that young men need purpose. You know, our program played in the fall of 2020 here in the state of Virginia, you know, when our governor, who was one of the first people to say publicly that, you know, it went, his, his level of support for abortion included when a child was born and then a decision could be made. You know, that guy, you know, when that guy shut our yes. state down, um, we went ahead and played anyway with about eight other schools across the state because it's purpose, right? We use football as the vehicle, Christ as the destination. That doesn't mean that we're out here evangelizing or, 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 or you know, preaching during practice. What it means is we have a standard, right? And that standard is based on Christ. There's an expectation, you know, there's an expectation of, of excellence. Christ said, be perfect, which is an impossibility. But that's what he asked us to do. So that's what we strive for. So we focus on little things, you know, being on time, being accountable, you know, loving each other in good and bad. Because you know, we've lost some, we, we lost a state championship. Uh, we won a state championship. So we've been on both sides of it. And it's very easy to give each other way too much credit. And it's also way too easy to point the finger at each other. So win or lose, you know, to God be the glory. So I, I think what we talked about as coaches, uh, some of us, is that the purpose, right? This young man that did this horrible thing in Texas, what, what purpose did he have? Clearly he had none. People talk about mental health. I don't know anything about that. What I know is it's evil. It's evil. You know, a tragedy is when it's raining and a family in, in, in a minivan slides off the road and, and injuries or death happens. That's a tragedy. This was evil, right? This, this young man had evil in his heart and perpetrated evil on this community. And we have to pray against it. We certainly have to try to understand the, the symptoms of it. We have to, to war against it in prayer. We have to stay focused on our own, you know, whoever God has put in our lives, by trying to mentor them, to help them, because giving them a purpose, right? I tell them all the time, we want a state championship. You guys will probably be talking about that in 30 years. I don't know if you'll be talking about what happened in English class. Right? That's not a knock on English class, but it, it's a it's a focus on what the purpose is and using that purpose to do well in English class, to do well in math class, to do well in the hallways so that you get your high school education. So you go on to college, you get your college degree, you become a, a, a contributing member of society, you become a husband, you become a father, you know, you become someone that contributes to your community. And that's how we use this sport, because young men have got to have purpose, because I'm telling you, every hour of every day. Uh, the enemy is much smarter than we are, and he is warring for them uh, through social media, through pornography, through temptations on phones, through the culture, through the music, uh, through mm -hmm. defiance, through pride. So we have got to stay focused and got to stay on it. And can you change the world? No, but you can certainly change the, the, the young men in your community within your circle. And as that spreads, that can change the world. That's for sure.
Hugh Brown joining me from American Life League, also a football coach there in the state of Virginia. Hugh, it's interesting to hear what you're talking about with regard to young men, the need for purpose and how sports is one thing that helps fill that void. I'm curious as a football coach, how you see uh, maybe not just the lives of some young men turn around with the purpose of sports and strong mentorship of men such as yourself when they're their coaches, but also how it keeps those kids who are already on the straight and narrow on that purpose-driven path as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just using football as an example, you know, I played, I grew up in the eighties, played in the eighties and nineties, and, and it was a thing. I mean, I, I played at, at the university of Maryland also, um, and it took a lot of work, but today the difference, you know, with technology, the difference with understanding, the difference with understanding training and nutrition and, um, just all of the things that young people have available to them today, it's essentially year round, right? So that can be good and bad, right? It can be good because it, clearly gives purpose. It clearly helps young men that maybe even weren't, uh, you know, necessarily maybe making great decisions because that, that's what we mm-hmm. talk about. We don't necessarily talk about the right or the wrong path. We talk, I talk all the time about decisions and life mm-hmm. is about decisions and you need to make good decisions. And when you don't, you've got to own them. And so football provides, you know, that vehicle. And if that is a young man's purpose and it helps him get motivated to be to school on time, if it helps him to get motivated to be respectful to a teacher, now we're building habits. And if it gets him motivated to have to shave because I had, we had to deal with that, right? We have, it's a Catholic school and sometimes there are policies young men may not like. Unless you're a senior, you have to shave. There's some kids that had an issue with that. And I understand it. When I was in high school, I probably wouldn't have liked it either, but it's a standard, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's a little thing. And you try to build those standards. And we've had great success with our young men from the standpoint of just young men that I think are, 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 have turned into and are turning into great men, right? And that's in support of their families too. Um, their families certainly, certainly have those standards as well. And we try to come alongside um, and we try to raise that standard and, and help them. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that helps that purpose. And that's, that, that, that's important. It's important when you don't have a purpose, look what happens. I mean, that, that, who knows what was in the mind of that young man that, that murdered those children, but it certainly wasn't, wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no purpose there, just evil intent. And just look at the devastation that's been wrought. It's just awful. It's heartbreaking. Like you said, we're talking about filling that void. And joining me in just a little bit will be Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He's a top law enforcement trainer in the nation. And right after the Uvalde, Texas shooting happened, he came on the next day and he was saying it. And he, it was so striking to me. And we'll talk about it again later, how these things don't happen at faith-based schools. None of these killers have ever been from a Christian-based school. And he's saying, we're taking God out of their lives and we're not filling that void with anything good. And I think that's a very striking and stirring sentiment to understand that literally this is not happening out of our faith-based schools and our children who are in those faith-based schools. Could it happen? Absolutely. Are our faith-based schools a target? Absolutely. This is why we'll talk about needing to increase security in our faith-based schools, to be prepared for situations like this. Uh, but I want to talk with you, Hugh, and if you're just joining us, you're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio, connecting this challenge that men are facing today to the recent story that came out this week that five of the Tampa 
Bay Rays players declined to wear the LGBTQ pride-themed jerseys. I thought this was a really interesting story, uh, especially because I think as a culture right now, we are expected uh, to conform to whatever celebration of whatever lifestyle is occurring, whether it's in the workforce, whether it's at in a school setting, whether it's in a friendship or a relationship. And it's sad because it's not fair, uh, especially in the case where in full sports teams, regardless of their moral, religious, or political views, are being forced in instances like this, the Tampa Bay Rays, to all universally wear uh, a gay pride themed jersey during a recent game they had this past Saturday at their baseball stadium. What are your thoughts on this? So you use the key word conform, right? And it's interesting because um, that uh, segment of, of, of humanity has identified in this country at least that June is Pride Month, right? But in Catholicism, June, uh, we celebrate Pentecost, right? We celebrate 40 days after uh, the ascension of Christ. The Holy Spirit came to the upper room and tongues of fire, you know, appeared on the apostles and all those that were gathered in the upper room and gave them strength, right? And they went out and founded Christianity on the sacrifice and the example of Christ and, and changed the world. And it's still changing today. So I think the fact that it's in June is directly the work of the enemy. And I'm not talking about human beings, but I'm talking about Satan, who's a lot smarter than we are, right? So if you want to counter the Holy Spirit, counter him with pride, which was the original sin. The fall of Satan, right, was focused on pride. He looked at the creation of us and said, not a chance, not a chance. What are you doing, God? Why would you create them when you've got us? And we're so much better, bigger, faster, stronger, smarter than these things, meaning people. And you're giving them a soul. And the devil said, I will not serve. Right. And that's what the sin of homosexuality is. God made them man and woman. And so homosexuality is nothing other than a temptation. And whether you give into that or not doesn't mean you have to define yourself by it. Right. And then foist it on other people. Our faith, our faith puts us to the test because these men, God bless them. Right. There are five of them. Uh, I don't know how many people are on a professional baseball team. There's nine on the field, maybe 25 to 35, I'm guessing, in, in the dugout and in the, in the, in the bullpens. Um, that takes courage. It takes courage because they knew that the minute they said they did it in love, that they didn't want to put that symbol on their body, that it was in uh, opposition to their commitment to their faith. They've been ridiculed for it. You know, don't don't hide behind your uh, religion. Uh, uh, think uh, the media has said um, they're hypocrites. They're this. They're that. You know, we know that two thousand years ago, far worse was done to Christ. They spit on him. They beat him. They did things to him that if you did to a young man today, his first reaction is going to be to punch you right in the mouth. But Christ showed us the way and the world wants us to conform. Anytime we talk about the world and the world wants us to conform, you have to know in your heart, no matter what it is we're talking about, it's wrong because mm -hmm. the world doesn't stand for the truth. The world stands in opposition to the truth. And it's as simple as God made them male and female. Mm -hmm. Anything else outside of that is a distortion. Anything outside of that is not the truth. Anything outside of that is not of God. It's nothing but a temptation. We all fall far short, but without the Holy Spirit, without humility, which is the absolute counter to pride, we'll never find Christ, right? Mm -hmm. the, Lord, the Lord loves the humble heart. The Lord loves the humble heart. It even says in the Bible that in generations that didn't know him, 
right? The Lord respects and loves the man that loves and fears the Lord. And that comes out of humility, even if men didn't know him, right? In the thousands of years we've been around here, the truth is always written on our hearts. We all know right from wrong. And when you choose to oppose that, that's a choice, right? So make good choices. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because in the eyes of the world, I think as these five players have spoken up, specifically uh, Jason Adams from the Tampa Bay Rays, he talks about how Jesus has encouraged us to live a particular type of lifestyle. And he said, a lifestyle abstaining from that. And that is what we're seeing in the LGBTQ movement and what those jerseys represented. And some people are arguing, well, the jersey doesn't mean you endorse the lifestyle, but that all people are welcome at this stadium. And I think sometimes Sometimes we find ourselves, Hugh, in this position where we say, well, I'm not actually, you know, participating in this act, even though I disagree with it. And we make all these excuses to kind of not necessarily go along with the agenda, but not push back in doing so in a way that it seems as if we're representing it. And I think that that's what's so important, what Jason Adams and the other players are saying. They're saying, look, yes, like everyone's welcome at this stadium. I'm not here to judge or criticize these individuals. I'm here to say that I'm called to a certain way of life and representing this ideology essentially through a jersey completely contradicts what my faith teaches. And this is where the Catholic understanding of the morality of this is this would be a scandal for a person of faith to wear that jersey because it could lead to confusion. People would assume and think and come to believe and understand that that is an endorsement of the LGBTQ pride uh, ideology across the board. Hugh, thank you so much for joining us to talk about these important topics. I want to dive into another topic. If you're just joining us, that's Hugh Brown, the Vice President of American Life League. The news broke this morning, Hugh, that there was an attempted assassination on Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. At about 1.05 a.m. this morning, a man who was dropped off in a cab uh, there uh, showing up uh, in an attempt to kill the justice immediately saw that there were marshals in front of the home and started to walk down the street, to which then he called 911, and the, um, the people there in Montgomery County receiving the call. The man said that he was suicidal and that he came to kill Justice Kavanaugh, to which he was then apprehended by the police. He was carrying everything from a gun, a knife, pepper spray, hammer, crowbar, zip ties, duct tape, and more in his backpack uh, there for the justice. I am absolutely floored to hear that something like this is happening, Hugh. I think that as I hear a story like this, um, you know, a lot of people would like to say, oh, well, there's arguments and violence and aggression on both sides, but such violence and such intentional things on a topic where we should be able to have dialogue, especially with you know people on the highest levels of our court, our judicial system, it's astounding that we've reached this point. But I also think a lot of people argue that this man was obviously struggling with mental health and how, you know, he doesn't represent the vast majority of people who oppose what Justice Kavanaugh stands for. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts here. Well, I think two things. First, as I mentioned earlier with the young man who was 18 that, that murdered the, those babies and those, those two teachers in Texas and people immediately want to talk about mental health, there's also evil. Right. When you go through the list of the things that that man brought with him uh, in an attempt 
to get into the home of Justice Kavanaugh, uh, then uh, abductate people, um, bind them, murder them. You know, the justice has a wife. He has children. Um, the fact that he saw that there was security there, uh, clearly uh, he, he didn't feel the, the desire to, to confront that and it'd probably be shot on sight. So that he's mm -hmm. also premeditated and it's evil, right? It's evil. And the issue of abortion, we, we've talked about this for my lifetime, okay? When you, when you refuse to acknowledge that a child created in his mother's womb is a human being, I thought about this today, knowing that you and I were speaking. I was thinking about one, one of my children and her birthday, which we just celebrated. That's just a day, right? It's, it's not the day her life began. That day also is entirely random. You know, my wife is not a big person and all of our children, uh, she's had to deliver early. So they've literally said, you know, uh, I think a pregnancy is 40 weeks. Once you get to week 30, I can't remember, 35, 36, we want you to pick a day in this week so that the babies don't get too big, right? So it's a day that was picked. Not the day that life began. The life, her, the child's life didn't begin five weeks before that either. It, it is the moment that a child is created, right? And that's very much uh, around the conception of, of a human being. So for to spend almost 50 years now and have 65 million children, 65 million murdered, and then have Planned Parenthood and others trafficking and selling and marketing their body parts, sometimes entire babies to universities, mm -hmm. to, 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 to health, not healthcare, to, to pharmaceutical companies. That, that's the foundation of, of abortion. So how can we not expect that level of just demonic death to not influence the hearts of people that will protect it at any and all costs? You know, there's also been violence uh, to, to some pregnancy resource help centers. These are people, right, that find locations that work for nothing, that usually counsel to high school and college girls that are, that are being pushed like crazy to murder their children by their families or their, their, their dirtbag boyfriend or whoever, right? And these people are trying to counsel and help that if that's the decision that this girl wants to keep her baby, they try to help her find ways to, 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 to do that, right? They're literally on the front lines. And a number of those places in the last month have been vandalized. Um, right. Molotov cocktails thrown in their windows, right? And that's not in the, in the media. Imagine if that was, right. you know, the, the LGB whatever, you know, headquarters. It would be over, it would be 24-7. They'd have 55,000 FBI agents on it. That's what we're up against. So it has to start with prayer. It has to start with vigilance. We have to be smart in protecting our Supreme Court justices. I mean, my God, they deserve Secret Service protection because, sadly, that's the environment we're in. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't, Timory, it's not going to get any better, right? It's not right. going to get any better because evil is unleashed. When we talk about Catholicism, we need the courage of the Catholic Church to stand firm in her teachings. And if she it's would do that, we a lot of this would go away, but they won't. And I think that what you're saying is so important that we ponder, like you said, we shouldn't be surprised because the bleak reality of an abortion culture is a culture of death. You, know, you listed just some of the atrocities committed by the pro-abortion movement that isn't abortion alone, but goes beyond that, the damage done to the human person, to babies, the experimentation, the exploitation. It, it's horrific. And so when you mentioned this is, was a premeditated evil, an attempt on Justice Kavanaugh's life, 
I think that in one respect, we don't want to scare people when we talk about, you know, the future, especially with the imminent overturning of Roe versus Wade coming from the Supreme Court decision on Dobbs versus Jackson women's health. Uh, but at the same time, the reality is, is that abortion is a sacrifice of the devil. Abortion has become embedded in our culture and the enemy will lift his head in this instance especially where we are seeing lives saved. And you mentioned you know, our crisis pregnancy center is hearing even just the news this morning that another crisis pregnancy center, in this case in New York, was firebombed. And again, that's not in the news. And people keep trying to emphasize that both sides are threatening violence, but the only violence done has been against Catholic churches, small, like you said, pro-life organizations that are literally operating on a hope and a prayer, helping high schoolers and college-age women to keep their babies when that's their choice. And this is astounding. This is what we're up against. But as you said, faith is what will sustain us through the darkness of the culture that we are in right now. Amen. And that's what the, the devil thrives in despair. Right. It's one of his one of his number one weapons, despair. And then he reaches in and just destruction follows. And we have to have faith. We have to have faith even in the darkness. Right. We walk by faith, not by sight. And, you know, I I talk, I quote the psalm all the time that even though an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Even though war be waged against me, even then will I trust you. That is where we are. That is what we have to do. We also People of faith have got to be, you know, gentle as a dove, but clever as a serpent, because you've got to realize that there are people like this guy out there that took a cab to a family's home intending probably to kill them all. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to claim mental illness. It's evil. He has <laughs> evil intent. And we have to be aware that there are people like that out there and just take the necessary precautions to, to take care of yourself and your family, uh, because that's our number one vocation. Right. That's what. The, the family is the domestic church. It's our number one responsibility, our spouses and our children, period. Outside uh, of that, protect everyone in your circle. It's, it's important, and it starts with prayer, but it also starts with being smart. That's Hugh Brown, the vice president of American Life League. You can find them at all.org. That's all.org. We'll post the link on social media as well as in the podcast notes for today's show. I'll be back in just a moment with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, the top law enforcement trainer in the nation. We'll talk about what happened in Uvalde, Texas. Why didn't the police intervene sooner and why were they being told to stand down? This hour is sponsored by Solidarity HealthShare. Join thousands of members who choose life through ethical and affordable health care. Check now to see how much you can save. Go to CatholicHealthShare.com. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to our weekly Gentleman's Hour today on Trending. We are going to continue our 
series on the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, specifically talking today about the virtue of patience. It's such an important virtue and again, a fruit, an absolute gift from the Holy Spirit that we need. And especially in light of everything that's going on in the culture today, I think it's particularly pertinent to us in our lives. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Joining me now is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He is a top law enforcement trainer here in the United States. He's written a book on the topic called Assassination Generation, which actually confronts the issue of school massacres, shootings today. He joined us right after the horrible, horrible death and tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas a couple weeks ago. And as the last couple weeks have gone on, it's been heartbreaking to hear some of the details regarding the delayed police intervention, waiting 40 minutes to an hour to intervene, the news that supposedly two officers actually entered the school just two minutes after the shooter, actually the man who killed the these children entered onto the scene and that they were told to stand down. Uh, All these details are overwhelming. The New York Times reported uh, just last week that, in fact, as the officers were being told to stand down who were there, that a 10-year-old student called 911 and told the operator that one of her teachers was laying in the classroom in front of her dying, and that's when finally, supposedly, some of the officers chose to ignore that stand-down order and very quickly uh, entered and started to address the situation there at the elementary school. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, again, is joining me now to discuss. He's one of the top law enforcement trainers, and Lieutenant Colonel I would like to hear your thoughts on just trying to make sense of what has happened um, in these last couple weeks with the information that's emerged. Yeah, Timory, you know, we won't know all the facts for quite a while. One thing we do know the facts about was the Parkland school massacre and the cop who sat outside and, and was cowardly. He did nothing. He lied about it. He was convicted and imprisoned uh, for lying about it. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the idea of having the courage to go in and take a bullet for a kid, uh, it, it's hard to wrap your mind around that. One of the things we've been doing is we've been taking the warrior spirit out of our cops. The defund the police movement is one of the goofiest conspiracy theories in modern history. The, fact, the idea that the cops are the bad guys and the cops are evil and, the, and they, they've got rifles and they're training for war. Well, understand the current administration, um, the three top law enforcement trainers in America are myself, uh, Caliber Press, and uh, outfit called uh, uh, called Force Science Institute. They've all been working for decades. They, in the law enforcement community, if you do something stupid, you find out real quick because people die. There, there is no forgiveness in this realm. Uh, and we have proven our training what well, we have been reported, it has been told to us now that the, the current administration says that they will, the federal funding will not fund any, quote, warrior training. And those are the three individuals that they picked out, said no federal funding, federal funding will be provided for these people because they give, quote, warrior training. The current administration uh, just gutting our law enforcement. Uh, and, and then when they don't go in under fire, we, we wonder what happened. Leaders are being selected. Again, we don't know about the chief in this situation. The chief, a little six-man department with five stars on each shoulder, more stars than he's got people. 
uh, the chief little six-man department, uh, as, as we currently understand, was given, he made the decision not to go in. It's changed from an active mass murder to a barricaded gunman. Uh, how many people have the courage to go in? How many people are confident in their equipment? How many people want to use their skills to save a life? How many at the moment of truth are back off? Was this individual selected for his woke politics? Was this individual selected because he's a politician and not a warrior? Uh, we don't know the facts, but that's what it's looking like right now. Mm -hmm. we, we saw it with the sheriff in the Parkland School Massacre. The sheriffs voted out of office. The sheriff was a, a left-wing nut job who, who was fostering the, the whole idea that police shouldn't be warriors and, 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 and the leadership spreads down. We saw what happened in the Parkland Massacre. These are known facts where the deputy cowardly man did not go in while children were dying, lied about it, was convicted, the sheriff was voted out of office. Uh, this, this dynamic of attacking law enforcement with this left-wing mindset that they're evil and they're the bad guys, and then mm. when they need to go in to save the lives of children, we put, we put bad people in charge of them. You know, Ardantu Peak said one time that we'd, we'd rather fight an army of lambs led by a lion than an army of lions led by a lamb. And that's what we've got. There might have been some lions there that were just will spend the rest of their life in hell that they didn't go in. But somebody appears to have made, have made a very bad decision. Being able to go mm -hmm. in, the fire service are excellent. You, you never hear about a firefighter that doesn't go in the fire. They live for that. They talk about being fire service warriors. They train for that. They go into the blazing fire. Mm -hmm. But how, cops might qualify for the weapon once or twice a year. They're not confident in their skills. They're not selected for their warrior spirit. They've been trained for the warrior spirit. They, they, they've been told that they... You know that 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 they're not warriors, and and that uh, and that they're they're supposed to be you know officer friendly to everybody. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the sheepdog mentality that I teach. You know the old dog on the front steps. The kids can pull his ears and poke his ribs, and he won't bite. A bad man shows up, and he's all fur and fangs. Mm -hmm. That's the model that I teach. The sheepdog model that we've been uh, federal government, as we currently understand, has forbidden federal funding to be spent on that. Can can we talk about that just for a moment to be clear? So you and along with the other two leading law enforcement trainers who have really been the leading experts for a number of years and your work alone is required reading in the military, you are no longer allowed to go in with government funding to train our law enforcement. That's what we've been today. told. Yeah, yeah wow. that's what we've been told. Now you got to understand that it, you know, they try to shut me down, this whole defund the police, uh, evil cops, warrior cops. The, the thing to understand, we talk about America being 50 laboratories for democracy. Well, we have 3,000 sheriffs who only answer to the local voters once every, uh, every four years. And we have, we have another 12,000, 13,000 police chiefs who only answer to the civic authorities. And then a, a, a whole alphabet soup of state and federal agencies. We're we're 15,000 laboratories for democracy. And here is a case study in failure. Here is a case study in woke politics and woke government selecting a woke, uh, a weak uh, a leader who, who, at the moment of truth, failed to go in and save their children. If we, if we select our military leaders on their left-wing politics, if we select our police leaders uh, on their, their, their willingness to kiss up to whatever the local... The, the local mantra is, uh, and this is what we're going to get. Now, and and you, it, you really, we begin all this talking from a spiritual standpoint. My book on spiritual combat talks about that. And, and ultimately, it, it's, it's a spiritual battle. 
And, and those who are equipped the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of truth, those individuals are equipped to go in and emulate Jesus and lay their life down to protect others. Uh, and, and, and it's hard. It's a, it's a moral failure. It's a spiritual failure. And something to understand from the spiritual perspective, uh, when we look at these multiple homicides committed by juveniles in the school, they'd never happened in human history. Uh, and then we had one in Canada. The first one ever was in Canada, double homicide by a juvenile in the school in 75. And then they began to roll and there's more and more and more. Now they're everywhere. Not mm-hmm. one single one of these kids committing these multiple homicides in the school come from a parochial or Christian or faith-based school. Not one. Uh, and, wow. and I can only find I can only find one solo homicide that was ever committed by a kid in a parochial or church or faith-based Christian school. It, it was in Pennsylvania 20 years ago, a girl that had just transferred into the school. So, you know, what's really missing is a spiritual vacuum in leadership. At, 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 at the political level, we've got cities yes. who, who are, are embracing the left mantra that uh, and, and the idea of self-sacrifice, the idea of courage, the idea of, of holding yourself up, the very idea of martyrs for the church and martyrs for these children, the idea of laying your life down for these children is alien to them. They, they can't even wrap their mind around it. It's a spiritual vacuum when we see the children committing these crimes. And, and Finland's had three of them. There was one in Moscow. There were several in, mm-hmm. in Mexico. There were, you know, a, a, a bunch in Brazil of children committing crimes like this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a spiritual vacuum. Uh, and and this, these, these politicians who, who, who strip the warrior mind, mindset out of our cops, uh, it, it just, it, 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 yes. most law enforcement are, are outraged and sick. Right. They, right. There are 100,000 people who would have happily died and laid their life down with those children and regret that they'll never have that opportunity and the shame brought upon yes. the entire law enforcement community tragic. It's heartbreaking, Lieutenant Colonel. You know, my I have a number of family members who over the last few years have recently retired from law enforcement, very high level uh, law enforcement individuals, and they stepped down early because of the leadership today that yeah. they would essentially yeah. be punished for doing their job, some of which I commend and thank you for. They have received training from you yeah. yourself, yeah. helping to keep them alive and help them to do their job, keeping others alive as well. And what you're saying speaks volumes to their own experience that today it's a crisis of faith and that they are seeing this at all levels and from our president down who claims Catholicism yet is radically choosing policies that is leading to massive death and destruction across this nation from the issue of abortion to the crisis of situations like the way our police are being trained and those who are being chosen for leadership in places such as where we saw the incident in Uvalde, Texas this week. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we, we just saw it last night. We saw this incredible woke left-wing uh, uh, a, a, a prosecuting attorney in San Francisco being voted out of office. And, and this individual represents this new wave who say the criminals are misunderstood and the cops are the bad guys. And we've got to reject that. Uh, you know, in Romans 13, the magistrate beareth not the sword in vain. God's word tells us if you don't want to fear the law, then obey it. If you don't obey it, you have every cause to fear. The, this is godly principles that are established. Uh, and, and these politicians, as you said, they claim to be, they claim to be faith-based, they claim to be Catholic, they claim to be Christian, 
but the manifestation is exactly the opposite. They destroy law enforcement. Re in, across our nation, law enforcement recruiting is down, retention is down. I was just in San Diego last Friday. I was mm -hmm. told that, that uh, LAPD is giving a $25,000 signing bonus to anybody who will transfer in, a lateral transfer from another department, LAPD, they're that desperate to put boots on the ground. They've, they've loosened up the money, $25,000 signing bonus, and they still can't get people to come. Who wants to be there? Who wants to be a part of this, this city that's coming apart at the seams? The prosecutor who, who, who won't prosecute, people breaking into stores, shattering display cases, taking what they want and walking out, and the store can't even stop them. That 20 years ago, the store owner would have shot him and, and, and would have been, been called a hero for, for defending it. And today, a store owner who shoots one of these people coming to steal their life's good, to steal their livelihood, to steal bread out of their children's mouths by destroying their business. And, and, and everybody out there who claims to be a person of faith, if, if you stand against law enforcement, if you stand uh, for abortion, then you've really got to stop and say, where am I truly in my heart? Am I, am I following God's word or I'm following man's word? Do I worship God or do I worship man? Uh, and, and this whole crisis of faith is manifested in this tragic situation where children sit and bleed out and cops stand outside and do nothing. And it was, it was weak leadership as we currently understand the situation. And, and we cannot allow it to continue. We must stand up in outrage against what's happening across our nation. And, and, and it comes back to godly principles. Romans chapter 13, when it comes to law enforcement, read it, apply it. It comes back to, to godly principles with abortion. A politician who actively supports abortion, the murder of babies, the sacrifice of our children upon the altar of, of, of the woke government. No, no, this is evil. And we've got to stand up against evil. And we have to confront fellow people of our faith who, who are trying to justify people like President Biden. They said, well, he's a Catholic. No, he's not. Not, not, not in his actions, not in his behavior. Uh, and, and again, we saw that, uh, you know, the, the, the tragic team all around us have faith in our nation and our way of life. That's Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. We'll be back in just a moment to talk about what is most effective at stopping mass murders such as these. We actually know we'll be right back with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Joining me now is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He has uh, been known for years as one of the top law enforcement trainers in the nation. Uh, his uh, books are required reading for military today, and he has helped in training our warriors, our police officers, our first responders for years. Uh, I recently just learned that, and you can listen to the podcast later, that he's no longer invited in to, um, to train our law enforcement under the current administration and the refusal to give government funding for people such as himself to come and speak. Uh, yet he is on the front line helping to train and prevent situations such as what we've seen in Uvalde, Texas and others with tragedies of these elementary school children. Lieutenant Colonel, you conduct school safety classes and you cite the Randy study about what is most effective in stopping mass murders. Can you share with us a little bit of this information? 
Have you listened to go to rand.com and look up preventing mass attacks? And there's a wonderful chart on how they've been successful at stopping these mass attacks. And every single time when there was somebody there that could shoot back, it worked. We've got bystanders who shot at the, at the shooter and it worked. We got off-duty police officer guard uh, who, who shot at him and it worked. We, we've got an off-duty police officer guard who tackled him and it worked. Just half the cost of the school building goes into, into fire code. Having somebody on scene that can shoot back, whose job it is, who, this is their turf, this is their territory. They don't have to go in, they're already in. And that's where they need to be. I am my family's secret service. Thank God we live in a nation where we have that option. I, I was just contacted by a, a great Catholic leader whose children go to a, a, a Catholic school in California. It's, they, have, uh, they have concealed carried individuals providing security in this large Catholic, uh, Catholic school. It's a beautiful thing. We need to encourage that. The state of Utah has had armed educators in virtually every state since Columbine. No, many, nobody knows. It's completely decentralized. Florida has armed educators in virtually every school in Florida, now 100% success. Uh, Ohio had armed educators, and 85% of all the, the, the counties had some armed educators. A judge said they can't do that. Ohio just passed the law saying, yes, they can. So there is an answer being used nationwide. There are people, teachers over and over again will charge the killer and die. I had a principal tell me one time, she said, I will die for my children tomorrow. Give me something besides my keys and my hand when that day comes. And we need to start thinking along those lines. And we need to praise God we live in a nation where we have that freedom. I am my family's secret service. And I encourage others to think along those same lines. One of Jesus' last things he said to his disciples, he said, I told you before, don't even take your cloak. Now I tell you, sell your cloak and buy a sword. What would Jesus do? One of the last things he told us to do, uh, uh, John 22:36, 36, uh, correction, Luke 22:36, 36, is, is to sell your coat and buy a weapon, to protect your loved ones, and to thank God we live in a nation where we can do that, and recognize his people doing that everywhere. Uh, just, just think about the things you personally can do. Make sure your part of the world is safe, your kid's school is safe, and think about the things you can personally do to be your family's secret service to protect your loved ones. We've got examples all around us of this working, but it's about training, it's about safety, it's about awareness, and that's what you're all about, Timur. You have a beautiful, beautiful resource and a, and a magnificent show putting out the silver bullets of truth and justice and the airwaves, and I'm always glad to be on board with you. That's Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman here on Trending with Timory. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Colonel, for what you do and continue to do to advocate for safety for the lives of our law enforcement and those whom they protect. You can find a number of his fascinating and excellent books. Again, there are some mandatory reading, actually, in the military today. One of his more recent books on spiritual combat, connecting the issue of combat with the spiritual realm. Uh, one of his books that helps make sense of the crisis we've seen over the last few weeks with these shootings is assassination generation, helping us to understand what has been taken out of the lives of these young people and what has been put into them. Again, that's Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. We're posting links on social media to some of his 
books as well as in the podcast notes for today's show. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you catch your podcast, relevantradio.com forward slash trending. We are there to share this episode. Today on Trending, we're continuing our series on the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. We celebrated Pentecost Sunday this past Sunday in In a certain respect, it seems as if that is the day of the year where we remember that we have a Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that we actually remember and ponder the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that the fruits of the Holy Spirit are perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the first fruits of eternal glory. In other words, these fruits of the Holy Spirit help in making this roadmap toward heaven that we're thinking and acting with. As one priest once said some years ago, Father John Trez to me, he said, it helps us to think with the instincts of God, uh, the virtues, the attributes to function as God functions. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit functioning in us, letting go of our own human frailty or even that constant need to perform and do it all ourselves. It's rather stressful. There's a reason that our culture is imploding as we've taken God out of the picture, but we think we have to do it all ourselves. The reality is we can't. And that's why the virtues and specifically the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, today of which we're talking about patience, is so important. We've walked through the fruits of love, of peace, and also of joy. But today we're talking about patience. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about patience regarding not being disturbed when evil threatens. I find that particularly pertinent in the culture we live in today, where we're talking even today about the mass murder in Uvalde, Texas, and uh, what happened with the attempt on Justice Brett Kavanaugh's life this morning. In all of these things that we hear, the angst that so many people have and the acts that many people have to grind, including ourselves, whether it be at the evil we see in the world or the wrong done to us, I think that it's a reminder of how important this virtue, this fruit of the Holy Spirit's patience is. Again, St. Thomas Aquinas referred to it as not being disturbed when evil threatens. Patience allows us to have compassion over people in spite of their flaws and weaknesses. It helps in orienting us toward what we're all called to even when it's difficult, and that is unconditional love and mercy. The great philosopher Aristotle calls patience, quote, the voluntary and prolonged endurance of arduous and difficult things for the sake of virtue of profit. So what he's saying is, is that patience helps us in willingly entering in a long period of time where we endure very difficult, arduous things for the sake of a good. And this is something that our culture in a certain respect is lost. We love immediate gratification. We have instant communication. We're all guilty of this. I'll send a text message and want an immediate response, even though I don't want everyone to expect an immediate response from me as if I'm checking my phone all the time. And our patience is dwindling and it's fading quickly. Yet this is a virtue. It's one of the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. 
And so as we're in this season of pondering the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit and the gift and reality of Jesus Christ sending us the advocate, the counselor, that is God himself, the Holy Spirit, to animate our lives, we need to pray and be predisposed ready to receive these great gifts and virtues and fruits of the Holy Spirit means we're praying morning and night. That means we're going to Mass regularly and receiving our Lord Jesus Christ and receiving Him in a state of grace. That means going to confession regularly. This is when and where we will see the fruits of the Holy Spirit poignantly working in our lives to bring about good in a culture that often seems dark, but with Christ we see the light of the world. Dating, marriage, relationships, so many questions. This is Timory from Trending with Timory. Thursday is our weekly marriage hour, and we'll do anything and everything from taking your questions on dating, marriage, relationships, including experts in all areas of relationships to long-term marriage. We'll also dive into some of the most important topics confronting how to find true love today. So join me Thursday at 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.